Anyway, man, we're here. Uh, 2021 is coming to an end. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad year for you? It's just a long, it, it was both extremely long and extremely fast all at the same time. It is a quantum experience. A quantum experience. Well, you changed jobs, didn't you, this year? I changed in 2020. I did get promoted this year, uh, which was a major blessing. But uh, now the, the job, the job has been great. It's just uh, we're trying to get a new product out. and Right. I'm one of the engineers on. Software um, engineer. Yeah. So. We're trying to work through that process and it, you know, that can get stressful sometimes, put in some extra hours, do some extra work and I've been recognized and blessed for it. Thank God. Yeah. By his grace. You got a great education and you work really hard and definitely uh, produce. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's nowhere but up from here for you. Yeah. I believe it. Thank you. Yeah. Have computers changed a lot in the last 10 years? Oh dude, you have no idea. Like what's changed? I, I got uh, to think about this the other day. What did computers even do before the internet? I what? mean, <laughs> just take every component of the computer and multiply it, you know, times 10 or whatever. It, have you ever heard of Moore's Law? No, tell me about it. So Moore's Law, uh, it was this guy who used to work at Intel. I can't remember his full name, something more, said every six months, the number of transistors on a chip will double. And that basically held true until like the 2010s. So the number of transistors on a chip uh, can exponentially increase the number of calculations you can do in a second and, and things like that, right? At the end of the day, every, everything that's on a computer boils down to ones and zeros, machine code. I know, it's, it's, everything you're looking at is insanely My eyebrows are going down. Yes, everything <laughs> ones is Ones and zeros. It's lit that's, that's literally true. It's all boiling down to ones and zeros, or if you want to get really technical it's you know positive and negative voltage well not necessarily negative voltages but mm. it's actually a voltage changing as a transistor gets opened and closed we work closely with the hardware uh. so you kind of have to know but yeah computers have changed a lot uh they're moving towards uh more uh bringing everything together what's that word uh not separate discrete components, but they're all being moved into like single components. Like the new Apple computers, their system on modules. So you used to have separate parts for the processor, for the memory, for all these things, and they put it all on one thing. And so that enables the new MacBooks to run like extremely fast because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to jump through as many hoops and whatnot to get to the important information. So, I mean, that's just one tiny little example, but yeah, they're I mean, faster. Think about this. Uh, I mean, 2006, your normal internet connection was probably like one megabit mm -hmm. or five, something like that. And now people have gigabit, literally like a thousand times faster mm -hmm. or more bandwidth. So what used to take you like an hour to download takes moments. That is something how quickly it grew. Yeah. Technology is insane. And it's kind of scary. It is kind of scary how quickly it's going. Uh... Artificial intelligence. Yes. Is it a real thing? I guess it depends on what you mean. Artificial intelligence. There's this, you know, the concept in computing where you can like do machine learning and neural networks and stuff like that, where you can train a model. Like somebody can create this model to identify cats versus dogs in pictures, for example. And they train these models on literally like millions and billions of pictures. 
and grade how it works. And so it eventually learns how to do it autom- autonomously, right? Mm. Computers are good, and this is true for uh, artificial intelligences. Uh, they're good at rote, like the same thing over and over. They're not good at creative thinking. Mm. So, over and over and over again. But it could eventually become that. I'm not, but here's point. the thing. You have to have a soul to be able to make decisions with any humans, animals, trees, everything has to have a soul and nothing man made. I don't think can have a soul. It doesn't have a soul, but it does make decisions. And when I say it's, it's making decisions based on things it's seen in the past. (laughs) What? Yes. There, there are artificial intelligence apparatuses that like basically the people who created it, they know the model, they know what they did to like make the model, but they don't know how the computer gets to the answer. Right. They just spit in all this data to it, but they don't know how the computer actually ended up at the right answer. Ah, that's kind of freaky, right? So it just takes what it's, what things have been typed into it. Things that have programs, whatever data, whatever data, good way to put it. Yeah. And even because a lot of them, like Alexa can hear you talk. (laughs) She's listening. You got rid of yours, didn't you? No, we we want to, (laughs) but I mean, it's so convenient. That's how they get you. I don't have one. I think, uh, maybe we did never took it out of the box. You know, I still have Siri turned on on my phone too. She always gets my words wrong. I turned it off. I I can't deal with it. But did you really turn it off? Oh, here we go. No, I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know, man. But yeah, like you said, it is becoming scary. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. My job is basically adding technology to new aspects of life that where it doesn't yet really exist or is not well integrated. That's what I do. So it's everything. Chris, are you working for the Mark of the Beast? I hope to God not. Lord, please stop it right now. I kid you not. We had a, I had a guy uh, that we both know come up to me and kind of talk to me a little bit about what he's doing on his job. And he said, is this, am I working for the Antichrist? <laughs> and I said, let me ask you this. What you're working on, can people buy and sell without it? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I then said, is, is anybody being worshipped with this? He goes, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even think the Mark of the Beast is going to be a computer chip. I don't. Yeah. I never have. That has never resonated with me. I haven't. You know, I remember seeing old videos when we were, you know, teenagers and seeing people with 666 on their forehead or on their hands. And like a barcode. Yeah. They thought the barcode on purchases. Yeah. That's what they thought in the 70s, 80s. And look, look how that turned out. People can wear the mark of the beast in their heart already. I mean. Oh, yeah. That's already there. Yeah, I think it'll be a literal, physical mark. I do too. An object of worship, uh, tattooed, branded, whatever type of technology. Dude. I just think after the the catching away of the church, that surge between the spirit world and earth, it will shut everything down. It'll just go... Like a... a, uh, What is it? EMT? Yeah. You know, just shut down everything. Will, the electronics. Yeah, everything will Electro, go down. EMP. That's it. Electromagnetic pulse. Yeah. 
that's why everything seems so primitive in Revelation. Yeah. So they're, they're going to have to go back to a lot of primitive living. And I think it's the crisis that it, it's the only way that the Antichrist can come to power, that type of crisis. He'll have an answer to keep the globe moving. Could even be, I mean, it could be a nuclear war. I mean, after we're gone, hopefully. That would just basically, have you ever heard that quote? I don't know what World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Dude, that's a great quote. I think I've never heard that. I want to attribute it to Einstein, but I don't know if that's accurate. <sighs> Sounds like him. Man, he was something. He was brilliant. Yeah. It's been a while since I kind of read it, but I, I, I've seen some YouTube videos on relativity in simple terms. Mm -hmm. And essentially, time, space, all of that is relative to where you're at. Right. And, <laughs> and if you're moving, if you know. Yeah, because the speed of light time. is different than what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I loved his uh, explanation of gravity. You know, he had that, uh, it looked like a blanket, but it was like a spongy s cloth. Right. And he put these, they, they looked like uh, uh, croquet balls. Mm -hmm. I've seen <laughs> the, the same demonstration. I'm like, bing, you know, that just makes sense. Yeah. That the, these moving large objects. Draw towards one another. It, it makes sense. They still don't understand the basic building block of gravity. Like what they assume a, a physical particle, you know, like there are electrons that push electricity through wires and stuff. They suppose there's this thing called a graviton, but mm. they've never discovered it or seen it. So it's still kind of a mystery. How, how does it work on a micro scale? But we can see it, you know, experimentally people can see how gravity works. That's why they, you know, know there's this thing called dark matter out in the universe because the, there's gravity being uh, used or forced or whatever on, celestial bodies that it doesn't make sense unless there's something else out there that they can't see dark matter dark matter so there's more dark matter like if you take all the stars combined there's more dark matter than stars right i have no idea i think i saw that somewhere like You're dark matter right. composes a lot of the cosmos yeah i want to know what it is like, it's an energy an energy right it, it's some sort of something that exerts gravity I don't, so like black holes. I mean, those, you, those can be discovered. Those can be seen. I've seen of. pictures. Right. I mean, they suck in all light, right? But uh, those are discoverable. Dark matter, we, I mean, we kind of can guess where it's at, but they can't observe it yet mm -hmm. other than through gravity. The idea is like, how's your coffee, by the way? Excellent. I still haven't gotten to that bit of chocolate I threw. <laughs> so good. like a black hole is gravity so strong that it shrinks everything down to a so it can't be seen it's microscopic everything in there it just so know. a black hole black holes form from like dead stars like stars go supernova they explode and then they like compress like so much and they have so much mass that they become this like singularity that with a gravitational pull so strong that light cannot escape it. I mean, if I were to envision some form of hell, mm. a black hole yeah. 
would be terrible. And uh, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Interstellar? I don't think so. It's got uh, Matthew McConaughey, I think. No, tell me about it. It's a cool movie. Uh, the concept of the movie is, you know, the Earth is going the way of the dodo. It's not, <laughs> it's not going good there on Earth for us. And they need to go find some other place to live. So they send out this crew to go check out some other, you know, good prospects for a new home world for the Earthlings. And uh, it's cool because, uh, you know, according to like astrophysicists and stuff, up until a very specific point in the movie, it's all based in really good science. So like there's this moment in the film where Matthew McConaughey goes down to this planet that has like way more gravity than Earth. And these massive tidal waves are coming by him like every 10 minutes. And then when he gets back up to the spaceship where his crew was, they were like, you were down there for two years. And for him, it was like 30 minutes or something. Dude. That's relativity, you know. But there's this moment in the movie where he goes over the event horizon of a black hole. Everything after that point is sci-fi, right? It's made up. It's just really interesting to think about. And in that moment, he like connects with his daughter through space and time. And it's just an interesting quirk of the movie and she solves this puzzle that sorry spoiler alert everybody if you haven't seen interstellar this is how he figures everything out black holes are secretly time and space communication devices oh not really like wormholes yeah kind of like a wormhole but anyway uh that's possible i would i mean it's okay dude whenever i think of the spirit world i don't think of the ocean uh kind of you know you got Think about this. You look at, you go to Bass Pro, whatever, you look at those aquariums, and nothing's walking except crabs and shrimp. Mm-hmm. Everything's floating. It looks like everything's flying. So the spirit world is kind of like that. You know, angels move it almost like a fish, you know, fly, flying. Yes. But okay, so you have that. It's like wa- the, the spirit world is the air, mm-hmm. the unseen world. And water kind of... We explore all three dimensions in the spirit. Yes, that's cool. But I don't think of... I don't... When I think of the spirit... What I'm trying to say is when I think of the spirit world, I think of space. Mm. And I think God designed creation to mimic what the spirit world kind of looks like. Isaiah said, heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. Mm -hmm. You look at a throne and footstool, they're the same color, the same shape, but footstool's obviously smaller. I feel that, bro. feel it, man. And then the throne is huge. So you, like in Revelation, John sees a green rainbow around the throne. What's on top of the earth right now? Northern Lights, the green mm. ring. It's always yeah, there. The poles. Okay, so that, okay, uh, before the throne are thousands upon thousands, innumerable angels. Well, that's stars. Yeah. You know, greater light, lesser light, all of that. So it kind of mimics, this creation is the lower realm that God wanted to dwell yeah. in. So it makes sense when you say black holes remind me of hell. God knew as the closer we get to his return, he wanted mankind to discover and see something that does not look like hope at all, Mm -hmm. and that is a black hole. And another correlation to hell, basically once you cross the event horizon of the black hole, you won't know it, but you're never coming out. You, You won't know that it's happened. You won't be able to observe it from your point of view but you're never coming out. And there's uh, basically you'll be there for all eternity as far as everybody else is concerned. But for you, it happens in a moment. Mm -hmm. I've heard people talk about this effect that they assume will occur called spaghettification. 
Real word. Spaghettification. Spaghettification. Like spaghetti. <laughs> and the reason is gravity increases at such a rapid rate as you near the singularity of the black hole. Like let's pretend you're going, you're diving in head first. You know, your hands are in front of you. You're <laughs> jumping into that black hole. <laughs> your fingers are going to turn into little strips of spaghetti. Oh, Because the gravity is just going to grab hold of them and rip it apart before you can go very far. So from the outside perspective, a person that went into a black hole would be ripped apart for eternity. For you, it's in an instant. Yeah. Ripped apart for eternity. Spaghettification. Yeah. There's that verse in the Bible. I'm trying to remember where it's at. It says something about the soul being destroyed in hell. Let's look it up. I kind of wonder. Yeah, that, that's there, destroyed in hell. Yeah, you're destroyed. You're forever destroyed in hell. Uh, fear the one who can destroy the soul and body in hell. That's what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. Yes. I think of the phrase outer darkness. Dude. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. You know, a lot of these... These prophets, these Bible writers wrote under the unction of the Holy Ghost and probably said terms they never even heard before. Yeah. The sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. Yes. Um, yeah, he said it in several places. I remember talking to your dad when I was, I was doing a Bible study with him when I was out of church and I was coming back into church. And I remember, you know, talking about the new heaven and the new earth. And I was like, do you think it'll just be like another planet? in our universe that God sends us to, you know, or that he creates a, a way for us to get to maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the sun will explode and that's how the earth is consumed in fire. That's what they mm -hmm. foretold. Maybe God creates a way. Maybe Jesus is back ruling on his throne and creates a, a way for human humanity to escape to a new planet in the cosmos. Why did he create planets, you, you wonder? There's like millions of them. Billions probably. I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. He, Professor Crownover, he taught me at Gateway. He postulated that idea. Really? Yeah. And I remember thinking, I thought only the Latter-day Saints believed that. Is that a thing? I just made that up. I didn't know. No, it, it is a thing that... <laughs> That's funny. The idea is that heaven and earth are going to become one, or mm. heaven and creation are going to become one. And there will be the opportunity to explore all of creation. I don't even know how to fathom that. Yeah. Like, that's outside of my mind. Yeah. I remember Uncle Gary. Shout out to Uncle Gary Gleason, by the way. What's up, Unc? Yeah. I remember I was talking to him about new earth and new heaven and stuff, and he said, you got to remember what the foundational principle is laid out in the Old Testament. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the earth is forever. Mm -hmm. So it will, the earth will never be annihilated, but the idea is it will be made new. It's like Noah getting off the ark hmm. after the flood. It's made new. The, the fire and the, all the disasters on the earth <laughs> will destroy the face of the earth and completely make it new. But heaven and earth are going to become one. Spirit world and, and earthly world will become one in, in, the, in the day that's to come. Yeah, I don't even know how to comprehend it. I guess we won't until it happens. 
We'll just have to experience it. That's the way prophecy works. Yeah. You just get a little glimpse. And I think even if we are able to interpret all Bible prophecy a thousand percent, we only know about one percent of what's really going to happen, if that. Yeah, you know. I agree with that. I, I say that to, to people a lot, you know, who are saying, oh, see, this is, this is this prophecy, this is that. And, you know, a lot of people, have you ever heard the term wish casting? Like, no, what is it? Basically, this is what they want to happen, so they're saying it's happening or, or going to happen. Some people... Wish casting, okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is, this is, what, this is what's happening. And I'm like, God's got to be in here somewhere. It's not just for you to figure out. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just like. Trying to figure think, out a future without spirituality. Yeah. I don't. It's just like. This, Wish casting. You know, people will show you different things or say different things. And it's like, I don't think that's it. I think you're just trying to put your perception into it. And it's not. I think it'll be obvious. It'll be absolutely obvious and clear once it occurs. That's the way prophecy is. Right. The prophets foresaw that Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really make sense in, from an Old Testament perspective, why that would happen. But I'm sure some of the deep thinkers back then knew, well, he's going to come from Jesse. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to be in Jerusalem. He probably comes from where his father, right. David, would come from. Exactly. Thinkers like that, but how it would come to pass that you have the census from mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus, Joseph and Mary, all of that. It all comes to pass. It all makes sense once it's fulfilled. Right. Yeah, that's the beauty of fulfillment. You go, ah, this is how it all worked together for my good. Mm-hmm. That's how God orchestrates it. Big time. Yeah. That's what I find value in. I mean, people, it is kind of fun. Don't get me wrong. It's interesting to talk about what could this mean? What could this be? What are the beasts? What are... That's how you discover. What are all these things in Daniel? What is what's the wheel within a wheel? What are all these things? Mm-hmm. And it just you're not gonna know. You're just gonna have fun guessing until it happens. Yeah. back around you talked about uh when you kind of walked away from god and coming back Mm -hmm. based upon what some of the response of the listeners i get from this podcast there's a lot of people that feel they love their church they love the people they love the family that's there you know you feel something real there Mm -hmm. and a lot of them have the holy ghost probably all of them that i've talked to uh, that i'm bringing up here been baptized They've seen miracles, but there is something inside of their heart that is disengaged with God. What would you say to somebody who feels that way? And maybe sin is becoming more appealing. Sin is becoming more real. When you're a teenager, most, most people that age kind of think they know best. It's a very humble teenager that realizes they don't know anything. Hmm. But that's not the typical experience. And so they see God calls us to a higher life. We, we are called to be separate. We're called to be different. 
God did not, narrow is the way. Yes. It's not a walk in the park being a Christian, especially a sold out Christian, someone who knows God is there, knows there is something after this life, knows there is something worth living for beyond materialism, Mm -hmm. hedonism. What do you want your life to be? What do you want your life to end up as? What do you want people to say about you when you die? Life is fragile. And it's so easy to lose sight of the goal mm-hmm. when all you can see in front of you is, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want a tattoo. I want to, you know, get a nipple ring. I want to <laughs> I I do all these things. That. And it's like so unimportant in the scheme of things. What are you really giving up? A moment. You're giving up a moment for eternity. I, the yeah, main problem with a teenager is their scope, their perception. Where are you at? You know, you need to get eternally minded. You need to remember there is something more. There is something here that's important. God can use you if you will be willing to answer to him and be submitted. If you want something from God, you have to be persistent. You have to be persuaded. And you have to give it all. You can't just do it halfway. You can't just half give yourself to God. You can't be Laodicea. God will use you if you will submit. Yeah. Bro. That's hard. That's hard. It's hard for all of us. It's not just hard for teenagers. Let me ask you something, Chris. So I've enjoyed this conversation, but when you just started talking about that, did you feel God? Dude, so much. Like he's right here. Yeah. Like right here, right now. Big time. It's like, hey, Chris, I could use a little more submission from you. Thank you for delivering your word, my word to the people. (laughs) Well, it's just amazed me. We're not in church. We don't have praise and worship, gospel music going. We're just talking, drinking coffee. And you talk about God. Mm -hmm. And you feel. Grab his attention. The spirit. He gets interested. It's like us. If you've ever been in a room and hear your name. You know, 20 feet away, you look over, like, who's talking about me? (laughs) I think God is that way. Would you say that when you started opening up and talking about your doubts and your feelings, it really started to help, help you spiritually? You know, at that time, I was kind of angry at God. I've had a couple periods in my life where I was attending church, but I was not there, right? True. And then I've had where I just walked away. The, that, that moment in time when I was like 18 and 19 and 20, I was just kind of mad and I wanted to do my own thing. I grew up, I was in the church. I had a great mom, great family, great influences. Shout out to Aunt Pam. Oh, yeah. She just had knee surgery, everybody. We appreciate your prayers for her. She's recovering well, but I'm Absolutely. sure she'd like to get better fast, more quick, more quickly. Oh, she will. But uh, We wish you a peaceful and quick recovery, Aunt Pam, in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, Chris is my cousin. Oh, yeah. By the <laughs> way, if you're wondering who this is. One of these podcasts, we just started talking, and I knew don't stop and do an intro or whatever, but this, this is Chris Blazik. <laughs> He's my cousin, and we share grandparents, Wendell and Rhea Gleason. Been great people. Absolutely, who are in heaven to this day, and mm-hmm. very soon, soon and very soon, we'll all be together. Yeah. In Jesus' name. So you're, you're talking about your mom growing up, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. I had all these great influences, uh, and I, I just let nitpicky stuff distract me 
and uh, I saw all my friends in the youth group at the time. I was I was a pretty good kid. I mean, I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't you know screwing around or doing anything in high school. You're a very good kid. And then I discovered my senior year, all my friends in the youth group were doing stuff. <laughs> they were all getting in trouble, and I kind of had that like you know like FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. I was like, oh, I wonder what's there for me. You know, I wonder what what I missed out on. What as I you know I made I remember I made a conscious decision when I was 18. I was sobbing on the floor praying like god please make it okay for me to date this girl i know i shouldn't date <laughs> and <laughs> god please make an exception for so me a girlfriend and i you know didn't feel okay about it still did it and that was the start of a, a long road let mm. that be known folks do not just chris advice here do not date until you're ready to get married you will make a mistake you'll make a bad decision it's not worth it. Dating is terrible. Nobody likes dating. Until you find the one, it's like a repeated like rug burn. Don't mess with it. But anyway. Um, Absolutely. And you know, what's ironic is I ended up dating another girl later. And uh, she showed an interest in coming back to church. And so, I, well, going to church. She wasn't raised religiously. And I said, if we're going to church, we're going to the true church. You know, mm. we're not going to mess around with patty cake Sunday. Mm. So that's kind of what started my road back. And, you know, I started, uncle Stan was very, you know, eager to disciple me really and bring me back into the fold. So Amen. he helped me and yeah, that you need to listen to wise counsel and it's hard to do when you're a teenager. You think you know everything. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's uh, what Jesus talked about, the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Prodigal living is, or in some translations, riotous living. Mm -hmm. Number one on the list, girls. Dude, it's dating, not a good thing. Not a good thing. <laughs> dating women of ill repute. And then... Uh, or if you're of ill repute and you date a good girl. Or, yeah. And you bring them down to your level. That happens. All the time. Yikes. Uh Excessive drug and alcohol abuse. That's prodigal living. And that leaves a mark. Sure. And, and then just wasting away everything that's valuable. Mm -hmm. And essentially heading in the direction of living a life that has no meaning. That's right. That is, that is the end result. That's what the devil wants for you. Meaninglessness. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be relegated to his position. You know, come down, be with me and the pigs. Mm -hmm. That's all I have left. Misery loves company. It does. But really, that's, a, that's probably the best place to be for somebody that walks away from the Father's house. Wake you up, hopefully, mm -hmm. once you come to your senses. Yeah, you realize how much better things were before all of this happened. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a lot of backsliders, you, know, you always, always want to have an open door for them. Especially around the holidays, you know they oh yeah they man tend to come back. But the backslider mind, there's really not much you can do for it. Only life. I mean, can give them perspective. So you can show them love. Yeah. You can be there, be present, and I mean, you can be Christ to them. Mm -hmm. But yes, always. Yeah, run to them when they start coming home. Mm -hmm. But you know, the father didn't go to the far country to find the, right. find him. You shouldn't just go throw your efforts away. Don't waste your time on somebody who's not interested. But Yeah, but let how Jesus described it, 
just let life take control. Mm-hmm. If they if they want something that's meaningless, see, let that become their god and see how well it takes care of them. There's something so, to be said for tough love, man. Tough love is is real, and it people need it. Mm-hmm. So. I don't even know the word for it. It's not really philosophical, but it's more anthro or um, apologetics. Mm-hmm. Were those the kind of questions you had a lot? Not then. I I developed those kinds of questions actually, like at the end of my college education. Okay. And I I went through a faith crisis at the end of my college education, and you know they, there was basically two years. I was like, I don't know if God's up there. You know, I don't know what what's going on. There's, I mean, there comes a point where once you gain sufficient education and you learn a lot of things, some people view, like, for example, science and faith as mutually exclusive, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're not. I mean, uh, there's a guy, his name's Francis Collins. He's a, he's a Bible thumping believer. He's a PhD biologist, ran the NIH. You know, he just retired or whatever, but, you know, he's a hundred percent believer and he talks about science being like our way of understanding God's world, God's universe. Mm -hmm. It can be easy for a person to get so distracted by like things that, that science teaches and stuff to, to let that make them doubt, make them question their Mm -hmm. faith. And I was doubting and questioning, but I also had like philosophical problems and and so philosophy is a good word to describe your questions both you know okay from both uh primarily scientific questions but how do i say this this is hard because it was such a long journey to go through understand but i feel it right now man hundreds of people are shaking their heads saying i've been there or i'm there or i feel like i'm walking into what chris blazik's talking to me about right let me say it this way god has an answer to your question, if you're willing to seek for the answer, knock and the door will be open unto you. It can be so easy to just, people will learn something and they'll say, oh, I have to throw everything away. I have to throw my faith away. This invalidates the entire Bible. This, that's not true. There, there are people who have gone through the same things and there are people to talk to. And my main problem, the reason my problem lasted so long is I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. I prayed. I prayed solid for like eight months for God to send somebody to me. But, and I, I just recently told a friend this. I, I had this thought, I can't tell anybody about it because God, I need, it, I need to know it's supernatural. I can't let my problem leak out. I need God to send somebody so I know it's a real thing. And that's like, hello, who are you talking to? Is he God or not? You don't get to boss God around. You don't get to tell God how he's going to, you know, save you from yourself. <laughs> At the end of the day, apologetics, apologetics is great. Sure. Apologetics has answers for a lot of these questions. There are wonderful people uh, throughout Christianity who argue with all these other people who want to bash Christianity and bash God and bash everything we kind of stand for. Sure. And by the way, if you're in this place and you're just going through the death scroll on YouTube, on Facebook, just watching all these debates, <laughs> you're watching all these things from these guys like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and all these like new atheist people, just stop. It's not healthy. It's not that you can't yeah. have these questions, but you're not feeding into your faith. You're just willfully destroying it bit by bit. Mm-hmm. You need to find somebody you trust 
who has gone through this, who's got some, had some of these same questions, found some answers. There's amazing books, lots of resources, but I'm going to tell somebody out there the revelation I had recently, none of it matters. God is sovereign. God is God. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, mm-hmm. what is going on in your life. If you'll give him a chance, if you'll recognize the things he's putting in front of you, if you'll stay a while, if you'll be patient. Yes. Patience is like totally gone from our culture. You know, if your latte yeah. takes five minutes, you're like cussing out your manager and at the Starbucks and people are That's you know, real. flipping out. I've like, seen people do that. <laughs> I ordered this extra hot. This is like only 160 degrees. People are so critical, so impatient. And I, I am a cynical person. I don't sound like it, but I, I am very skeptical and I'm very cynical. And that is an enemy of faith. That is an enemy of faith, an enemy of God. God said, Jesus, you know, Jesus speaking, unless you become as a little child, childlike faith. Mm-hmm. Without your questions, there, there's really not an opportunity for faith. Faith doesn't mean just always blindly trusting. It means trusting in spite of, you know. I, I define faith as regardless of all the distractions, all the things that want to tear you from God, trusting in Him. Trust. Has He not done what he said he would do. Are there not literally thousands of examples in everyone around you's lives of God doing something? Are you going to deny all of that? So there are people who would. I have been in that mindset was like, oh, that was a coincidence. Oh, they probably just didn't understand what was happening. Literally thousands, tens of thousands of miracles. Are you going to deny the providence, the provision of God for all of them? All of them? You know? What are, you know, talk about odds. What are the odds that all, everyone's wrong? It's very little. The other thing that really kind of brought me back to my senses was I have a heritage. My dad was not a moron. My grandfathers were not a moron. My mom's not a moron. They've lived it. They've seen it. Mm -hmm. They've seen it in person. I don't know how many times. Crazy miracles. Crazy stuff. Yes. My dad preached all around the world. Sure did. Can you deny everything? It's just like, it's, it's a spiritual attack, man. I, mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically what happened is God... Demons. Finally, right. Like legit demons. God kind of broke through the clouds, so to speak. And just is like, none of that matters. I'm God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's joyous. It's, yes. it's a wonderful, releasing feeling. It doesn't, it, not everything always has to make sense to you. You don't have to know everything. God's got it. Yes, he does. So. Yeah, that's, the, that's how faith works. If, it, if you know everything, it's not faith. Mm-hmm. If you have all the answers, it's not faith. You mm-hmm. know? That is immaturity. You know? Expecting to have everything mm-hmm. is an immature believer. And at some point, you're going to go through a trial and unless you've got that real faith, that real exercised through the fire and flames faith, you ain't going to make it. Mm-hmm. You got to be tempered. Mm-hmm. Bro, I can feel like your human emotions across the table. And I, I can, feel it, man. I can feel your faith. <laughs> I've sat across the table from agnostics, atheists, 
And I've heard them tell me what they believe. You know what I feel? Nothing. That's all they have. I've never been in front of an atheist agnostic or watched him on on social media with tears in their eyes say I figured it out there's no God I'm so happy I have found the truth no nope, they say it with a, a joyless glazed look in their eye that's because they their joy is gone it's been robbed yeah and they let it get stolen from under their eyes yeah it's like even their their soul can't uh, get on the same page with, with their words. Dude, that's another thing. During all my questions, all my struggles, everything I've gone through from the beginning to the end, you know, to this point, there was, ne- there was always this kernel. God wouldn't let me go. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, I know. I remember going to this uh, rock concert uh, with a friend of mine and we saw this band called As Cities Burn. And there's a song they sing called Contact where basically it's a lament. It's like, God, can you hear me? God, are you there? You know, reaching out to me. And I felt the spirit reach into me. And this is when I'm having all these same exact questions. You know, at the end of the concert, this guy's like, come talk to me. We're here to bear each other's burdens. We're here to you know, lift each other up. We're going to make it through this together. And I'm like over here, like, oh. <laughs> I should have gone and talked to him. I didn't, but cool. God tries to reach you. You just have to be willing to accept it and not just deny everything that's what people do they go out of their way to deny everything mm. we've been talking about the cosmos signs wonders that's one of the beautiful things about pentecost we brought back miracles wonders and signs to not so much see god but the works of god in the open yeah and to experience it where when you're praying and you're caught away to speaking another language and your mind's not speaking it it's your inner man but even nature itself bears witness of God. Mm-hmm. Can it's you, majestic. Yeah. If, is the universe beautiful and in order? Would you say it is? I guess it depends on what I'm looking at. But generally, I'd say it is ordered. It is set. You know, they're in motion. Mm-hmm. Does an explosion create that? <laughs> I think God created it. Well, Big Bang... Yeah. Explosion. Do explosions, booms. They explode stuff. Yeah. It doesn't create beauty. That is very true. It doesn't create. Unless you're like a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I don't really know where else to go with this other than you can't look at a sunset and say, no, God. People do, man. It's in front of their faces. They just don't don't want to see it. Yeah. Uh, there was a comet uh, in the southwest sky on Christmas Eve. I couldn't see it. You know, I've got there's too many trees and stuff blocking my view, and I, I didn't feel like going out of my house up on a hill to see it. So I just mm-hmm. got out the uh, space app on the phone and saw it. You know, that way with a computerized image, but it's accurate. It's cool. And I just looked at that, and I was just reminded again, you, when I look at that, God. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, you know? Think about the wonder. It's hard to conceive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going into 2022. You know what? Something I found. There are 22 things God created in the Genesis story. Dude. Add them all up. Does that mean this is the year of creation? This is, it's, new creation is coming. 
going into 2022, something that I want to have in my mind is after everything God created, he said, behold, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. It's good. And I just want 2022 to be a year like that. It's good. The 22 things he made, you know, from, from light to, mm-hmm. to the water to, to the trees, everything that came up, the expanse, mm-hmm. everything. He added up 22 things. I want God to look at it again and say it's good. Because all of creation has obeyed the Lord except mankind. Mm-hmm. And mankind one day will wish that he had. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, man, about that. I, I still feel the presence of God with us. Won't you come down, Won't you come down? Won't you cut through the clouds? Won't you come down? So we look at nature points to God. Uh, we look at things that have happened to us, especially those of us who have grown up in this thing and have a heritage mm-hmm. like we do. And then you, you just look at your life, everything from school, education, people, whatever. It, there's no way it's all wishful thinking or right. wishism mm-hmm. or, or the spaghetti, whatever is whatever <laughs> you're talking about. But even you look at even fiction, you know, and you and I are rocking some Star Wars shirts. <laughs> Under my Estes Park hoodie here. Yeah. Got, let me see that. I gotta let you see. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. An, an Empire, uh, what do you call that thing, man? ATAT. An ATAT, yeah. Whoa. Fa- <laughs> Sorry. An ATAT face down, you know. Yes. Luke Skywalker. Not today. <laughs> Just flew up in it and lightsabered. It's Kim in- bought me that for Christmas. Oh, Thanks, nice. Kim. And I got over here, uh, I, got? I got Vader and uh, Stormtroopers and uh, Jenga Fett. Where's that Boba That's Fett? Boba. I got Boba Fett over Boba here. Boba Fett over there. Yeah, so. Um, He's back, by the way. Dude. Yeah. Uh, is, is it up? I uh, just saw the first episode the, was put up. I haven't watched it. Oh, man, I know what I'm going to watch. It's time. Yes. Bro, I love Star Wars. Me too. I, um... You know, man, it, in the wake of COVID last year, The Rise of Skywalker came back, mm-hmm. or came, came back, came out. And after I watched that, my jaw dropped. And you know what? It, it was like 11 p.m. when it finished. Everybody's asleep in the house. I watched it again. Again? <laughs> like right Twice in a row? Twice in a row. That is dedication. <laughs> well, it, you know, we're in the wake of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And everybody's scared. Every, everything is uncertain. Crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you hear about pestilence and things, I think of the end is now. Save yourselves, <laughs> Semper Palpatine. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at all these parallels, and I don't know where George Lucas's religion or faith is, but I'm looking at Palpatine. I'm like, that is the Antichrist. It's like it for sure. Palpatine's an evil dude. Well, he he came back from the dead. Skywalker. Yeah. Well, I think cloning is uh, the future. Computers are going to do it somehow. Did you ever see that movie, The Island? It's got you. Dude, I watched that with Andrea. That was crazy. And I think Kim was there. And you were there, I think. Dude, I remember all of us were there. I I got pizza. It was before I was married. I got pizza and we watched it in the basement. Yes. And they get clones and take people's organs from the clones to fix them. And they all like have these memories and flashbacks and stuff. Bro, it's coming. 
It's probably already uh, here. I hope not. It's probably already here. It's unconscionable. Uh, yeah. Palpatine's the Antichrist. I'm, I'm like, I, I, we're, I'm in, this galaxy is the galaxy far, far away. The, we have uh, Palpatine. Who's Palpatine right uh, now? Well, I, you know, I'm thinking Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> He's old. And, <laughs> He's old like Palpatine. And you look at the Jedi's, you know, the, they were a religion, right? Yes. That's what they called it, a religion. And they were the force of light. Shout out to Jeff Hendricks. Yeah, Jedi. Okay. <laughs> was that the dude you used to... I used to work with him at a coffee shop, and he was explaining he his spirituality to me. And I was like, dude, you believe in the force. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is incredible. Sorry to laugh, but in a way, it's real. Right. You know, and it's, you, know it, you look at the spirit world, there is a light side to it, the mm-hmm. side of the Lord, and then there is a dark side to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Satan still has his powers. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't have the same destiny, but he, he still has his powers. They're all there. But I remember you telling me, because you've read more Star Wars books than I have, what did the Jedi say essentially is the core value that separates them from the Sith? Uh, Something emotions. About- like, they suppress their emotions. Okay. So, like... They believe in serenity and uh, tossing away anger and hatred and all that and being attached only to the force, you know, not attached to this uh-huh. world. and Mainly anger. Separation. Yeah. But it's not just that. Like, all the passions. Uh, mm. Maybe we should ask Siri to tell us the Jedi card. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That. And then I remember you saying something else. That... The one of the main differences between them and the Sith is the Jedi continually, daily fight the darkness. That that is okay, true. Ha, what, ha, now you say it. Um, they never they never give in to the darkness. So they have all the same, feelings. and it's a daily thing, right? That's just like your walk with God. You have all the same passions, the same desires, the same things coming against you, temptations. Jesus was tempted. It's not a sin. It's not, you're not less than for being tempted. You're less than when you give in. Mm-hmm. And we all have. You mm-hmm. know, We have, all have fallen short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what the Jedi do is they never quit trying. Mm-hmm. They suppress their flesh. Mm-hmm. That is very, very correct. They and suppress the, Sith the give in to every. It's all flesh. flesh. Okay, you have the Sith Lord and you have the Apprentice. All right, who are the two big nemesis in Revelation? The the Beast and the False Prophet. There's two of them. Mm-hmm. Dude, wouldn't it be crazy if it was completely allegory? Well, I doubt it was, but uh, well, bro, it's, it's like it. It's a lot similar. Palpatine is a political figure. He's really not militant at first he seems like a soft nice guy and it starts by uh everyone yeah but it starts with a a woman from naboo okay the great harlot not that uh (laughs) not that padme was that way she i think was sorry padme she did not sell her virtue you know not yet (laughs) i I was legit love with her and anakin all that yeah all Mm -hmm. that you know but 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 it secretly uh, seduces uh, a, a woman and then you know the whole then the big uh separatist war starts that he created yeah starts cloning 
uh, yeah, Olaru's cre- manufactures a war in a crisis and lets the galaxy pick, it, pick itself apart, and he seems to have the answers. And, every, and all these senators say, we will follow you. That happens in Revelation. Dude, you know what? The number one pe- thing that people seem to complain about the prequels is that there's so much exposition in politics. When you summarize it like that, that's a cool story. Very that cool story. That is so epic. It's like, all right, episode one, they talk a lot. But at least you got the duel of the fates at the end. Darth Maul gets chopped in half. That's legit. Yeah. Well, I see him as... Uh, you're talking about with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yes, yeah, yeah. Qui-Gon gets stabbed. I see that, those first three ones, as Anakin uh, getting a glimpse of what he's going to fulfill in, in prophecy. Now, there's some arguments. Did he do it or did... Uh, what's her name? Ray. Oh, who, Anakin who, was definitely the fulfillment he of fulfilled the first it. prophecy. He did it. You know? Uh, I honestly, I, I got so mad at the new ones. I loved them. I, so I, got, I got my Kylo Ren pin here. See that? I have a and very that, similar pin you gave me, yeah, and I uh, still use it. It's a, uh, was it uh, Yoda or R2-D2? It's Darth Vader. It's Vader. Vader, yes. Vader's my favorite. Yeah, I love Kylo Ren. He's pretty cool. Dude, I would, uh... I wouldn't go with the Empire, but I would totally go with the First Order. I would follow Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> yes. Order when he cut him in half. I man. That is the best scene in that movie. Mm. And it's the thing that redeemed it for me, although I feel like it really messed up the story. Mm. But I just, you know, we tend to look to historians and scientists, mathematicians, brilliant writers for a lot of our answers. Mm-hmm. But I think really the artists Dude, they are got the it. ones that can foresee where this thing is headed. Think about it. They're like uh, typically more in touch with their emotions and their feelings. You know, spirituality mm-hmm. is not a mathematical formula. Mm-mm. Those people probably feel mm-hmm. stuff in the spirit without even realizing it. My theory on it is does God primarily talk in words or pictures? I feel impressions. Yes, impressions. But a lot of it is pictures. Like a parable is a story, like the prodigal story sure, we're talking sure. about. Okay, you're not just looking at, at a, a lost boy. You're looking at a whole picture that represents so many things. In all reality, it's, it kind of pictures, I guess, um, Jesus is the father, the... Elder son is almost like the Gentile church. Mm-hmm. And, or excuse me, the prodigal son is the Gentile church that, that left it all and went the way of the of ancient Babylon, mystery Babylon, and went after to worship the starry host and stuff. The elder son is the Jewish people, the Hebrews, that, that stuck with the covenant. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, one day they're all going to come back to me, and you got to be willing to love them. I'm going to engraft them. So that's, yeah. that's a big picture. Then you see things like you're talking about, you know, people that wander away and all of us have been a part of that prodigal story. All of us have had to been the father. All of us have been the prodigal. All of us Mm -hmm. have been the elder son. And then some of us have been the servants going, that's one crazy family over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's just such a beautiful picture. That's really a lot of the basis of Mm -hmm. what Christ does. And I think artists, you know, George Lucas probably read revelation, read Daniel, all the prophets for sure. And foresees this world moving in that direction, a big war that is just manufactured by Dude, an there's, 
something there, about man. that speaks to you. You know, it's like everybody is fighting that war in microcosm in their yeah. spirit. You know, it's like. So what is underneath uh, uh, Washington D.C. right now? Is it, is it an old Sith shrine or something? Dude, they got a Sith holocron <laughs> down there. They got a holocron down They're, there. <laughs> well, it's, they found the secret to immortality. Well, Satan tempts people in high places. He did it to Jesus. Fall down and worship me. I'll give you this. And he get he tempts people with power. It's so much more tempting. When you have the power. He wants to make a deal. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants to do. And, uh, yeah. Satan wants to rule the world. Not nations. The world. And everybody. And, and he know, won't rest until he has everybody. You know why he wants to do that? Because that's what Christ is going to do. He wants what Christ has. So you see it in Star Wars. You see it in the Lord of the Rings. Yep. All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sauron wants to control... Middle Earth. Sauron was a noob that got his finger chopped off. He got his finger chopped off, but then he comes back. Yeah. And that's what the beast... Some say the beast... There are theories out there. They're going to find Nero's remains and clone his remains and bring back Nero. Dude. I'm, I've read some stuff. There's some compelling... There have been, like, Antichrist-like figures throughout history, you know, and... They're fully Antichrist. I think it's, a, you know, it's a spirit that gets into people and... Mm-hmm. They just identify with it and roll with it. But it gets shut down because it's not time yet. Satan yeah. wants, the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. Yeah. It wants to arise. Since, they tried to come through Hitler. Since the beginning, you know. Well, since Christ. Yeah, Nimrod. Nimrod uh, with Babel. That mm -hmm. was, uh, Satan was trying to rule the world in that manner. But God shut it down with languages and all that. And you just see the works of God mm -hmm. shutting it down until the time is right. Yeah. So, yeah, Sauron, all of that. Dude, I read a really good fantasy novel series. Get ready. I'm ready. Sensation here. There's this... <laughs> there's an author. Uh, his name is Brent Weeks. All right? And he's a Christian man. He does not call it Christian literature. And it's... I, I recommend this on the understanding that he he writes it to be representative of real life so there's like some hardcore stuff in it okay don't read this book if you are sensitive and or easily offended you should not read it just word straight up disclaimer or if it offends you read it and let it offend you some more we don't <sighs> care whatever <laughs> but uh you know i i recommended it to a few people it, it's called the uh light series okay by brent weeks first book is called the black prism and the premise of this book is there's this guy, you know, this is an alternate universe, alternate world, alternate everything. Oh, here we go. And uh, he, there's, there's magic in this world, but it's all related to light, you know, and people can use certain spectrums of light to do different things. And the different mm -hmm. spectrums have different aspects, you know, it's so like red spectrum people can like create fire and stuff and orange spectrum people can do illusions and uh, green can do like earth stuff and whatnot but um right i know i can't even explain it very good it's you have to read it the parallel universes right so get my attention keep going so this this the they have this spiritual leader he's called the prism right and he can use all the different types of light he's the only one who can and in the series he's an atheist but they believe like he is supposed to be the representative of god 
and it's a monotheistic, very similar, right? Like there, mm. it's a type and shadow of our God, you know, mm. and who, you know, who we worship. And he's the spiritual leader of everyone. And he doesn't believe, you know, kind of like the Pope. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Dude. Might have to that edit that one out. Funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry, folks. Sorry. <laughs> I, I should. I'm sure the Pope is oh, full of faith. Oh, It's just a little joking. Right. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> but anyway. Um, well, what, in all seriousness, when is the last time you heard this Pope talk about God? Dude, he's talking about all sorts of other things and yeah, you anyway, know, we'll social justice. At, we'll leave it at that. But anyway, um, so this guy is an atheist. And there's these, there's this thing in the series called breaking the halo. You can only use so much magic before you break the halo and your eyes, like become flush with the color you use and you go crazy. Mm. And they had these like old gods that try to like destroy the world, kind of like Satan, right? Like I can't remember how they're, they're referred to. And so this guy, he's fighting off these crazy people and killing them and stuff as they pop up. But eventually, he goes through this, all these trials, all these tribulations in the story, and he reaches the end of his rope. He can't do it alone. And he comes face to face with God. Mm. And dude, I kid you not, I felt the Lord through this novel sure. <laughs> reach into my heart. Because I read this, I, I was going through this stuff at the time I was reading this. And I was like, the, the guy who wrote it, I listened to an interview he did. He went through a very similar process, and you mm-hmm. can tell he's using Bible names for a lot of these characters. He's obviously well-read, well Just like know. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Right, right. And um, artists. Yeah. This, this guy is basically forced to encounter God, and he's like, I, I was so wrong, you know? And of course, God brings him back into the battle, and they're victorious because he finally was in line with... Wow. Yeah, I... I'm summarizing it a lot and going over a lot of stuff, but it's an incredible series. Yeah. But once again, disclaimer repeated, it's like real life, meaning things go bad. People say bad words. Bad things happen to people. Don't read it if you don't want to experience that. Yeah. Well, is the Bible rated G or rated R? Dude, it's rated R. (laughs) Well, yeah, you read it uh, within three chapters. There's a love scene between a husband and wife. Uh, within six chapters, the whole world is destroyed. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's hardcore. Uh, the New Testament begins with infant side. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, I love Hobby Lobby, but it's ruined the Bible for a lot of people. You walk in and their Christian section. It's it all whitewashed. Sm- it smells like pulpery and stuff. Which is great. You know, like, I was looking at this devotion for Proverbs the other day, and it's so, uh, I don't, it's like, I don't know how to say it, man, other, other than uh, pulpery and birds and lambs. You read Proverbs, it's a book for dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to keep your eyes off a lewd woman and on your wife. Mm-hmm. Don't forget what your mother taught you. Pick a good wife. Don't forget what, yeah, pick a good wife. Uh, don't, when your father told you to stop, don't screw up. Shout out to my wife, by the way. Yes. I picked a great wife. Yeah, you did. Uh, Yeah, Proverbs. I mean, it's a book for dudes. Obviously for anybody, ladies, anybody. But it's, don't forget the law of your mother. Yeah. Listen to the correction of your father. All of that stuff. And so, yeah, it's it's a real real book. And there's other 
people that don't even claim any spirituality or religious affiliation somehow were influenced by that or they're just their eyes are opened a little bit to the reality of this world that a calamity is coming. Mm -hmm. Things are not getting better. Calamity is upon us. And there's going to be one man arise who's going to claim to have all the answers and the world will wonder after him. So you you got uh, Palpatine, you've got Sauron. uh, Even like another show I watched during the, the wake of COVID was Gotham. I never did see that one. Dude, if I you're going to watch anything, just season four, when Joker comes to... Where I was watching Gotham, I'm like, good God, I'm in Gotham. Especially <laughs> the... Uh, Arkham Asylum has gone the, loose. <clears throat> I, 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 I'm trying to be sensitive when I'm talking about here. The, the death of George Floyd was horrific. It was it, absolutely horrific. All police work is. And you know, it, did, it did make us all think about society and justice and all all of those things like that. But what... The, the riots that I saw, every, uh, the, the anger and rage that I saw, I looked at it all and things politicians were saying, what was going on in cities, and I'm like, this, this is Gotham. Mm-hmm. I, Gotham is here. It's kind of crazy what people <laughs> will justify, uh, how, how they will justify their actions that are obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. And it gets a pass in the public yeah. discourse. Well, it's... That goes for everybody. Uh, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, Alfred says, concerning Joker, some people just want to watch the world bend. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and that describes a lot of the madness and the hysteria that is alive in this world. That they just want to see the world burn. Dude, that is accurate. And you know what? They're going to get what they want because the world is going to burn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, th- these writers, these movie makers, these, these authors... Yeah, they're using words, they're using pictures, but they're artists. And it's not just what you see, but there's a big, deeper meaning be, beyond the, the modern work of art. It, everything, Shakespeare even foresaw it, the, the tragedy that's upon us. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that speaks to it, you know, and the mm-hmm. human condition, who we are. It's like we just kind of expect it, I guess. I don't know. It's coming. It's... All of us are looking at us. Uh, either, either you're looking for a, a, a serpent in the tree of knowledge or, or a savior on the, the tree called the cross. Yeah. What do you want to eat from? And I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, everything that we're seeing and experiencing in our life right now, it is pointing towards the end. And there is an answer. There is a way of escape. There is a hope, and it's Jesus Christ. You be ready. That's right. Reach out to God. He'll, he'll pick you up. Amen. Abba Father. Mm. Cry out to him. He's real. He won't leave you in the dark. No, he won't. He is a light. Mm-hmm. He is a light. Awesome. And thanks for coming on, cuz. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've really enjoyed your podcast, producing great content. I'm sure you're blessing thousands of people. I appreciate the kind words. Hopefully millions one of these days. One of these days, I hope so. Well, man, you were the first person I talked to about this a long time ago. Yeah, man. I, I remember it was right after I got married. I've been thinking about it because you know, YouTube was coming alive. iTunes had a few podcasts here and there, and I thought, I'd like to do something someday. And you did it. And here we are. Dude, you're inspiring for me. I, I need to do something more. Bro, you got a lot to say, man. I got too much to say. I need to shut my mouth sometimes. Yeah. Well, man, uh, 
I tell you what, I you coming on, just had Dad on, Dan was on, Caleb was on. I've been wanting to do this, but I, I didn't have an extra microphone. All I had was Zoom, and I didn't want to Zoom you guys in. I loved every single one of those episodes. Oh, man, they were great. So yeah. this has been a great holiday series uh, with men in my family that I am just, uh, just love dearly. And uh, I'm just uh, thankful that we're here. We made it. We turned out okay. God gave us great families, uh, great lives. and highly favored. Yeah, we are. All right, bro. Appreciate it, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Love you, cuz. Love you. And scream out loud.